Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Father, we worship you. We thank you. Lord, you are so good. Thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this baby. Thank you, Father, for his life. Thank you, Father, for his death. And thank you, Father, for his resurrection. Father, thank you. You sent your Son to bring life and life more abundantly. Father, we just speak life, life, abundant life in Jesus' name. And Father, as I share this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you will open ears, open eyes. And Father, you will reveal things to us. Holy Spirit, have your way in this message. Let me say only what you have planned to say today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you weren't here last week, we did announce uh, Sydney Moore as our next worship leader. So Sydney's back there. She brought her family with her from Jamestown. I'm not going to make her get up and say anything more again. That's the last time I'll make the big announcement. And then she'll be starting uh, in January, the middle of January. So we're excited about that. And I, I preface that with this is I want to let you guys know that God is working. God is working. God is working. He is working, and even when you don't see it, He's working. And we were in a search for a worship leader, and we didn't know what we were going to do or how we were going to do it, and we we thought about doing stuff on our own, and God was like, no, 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 no. I got this covered. I will bring that person to you. And He did. That's the summary of the story. He did. Because God is good. And he is faithful. God is working. You know, I'm also reading in the book of Acts. I keep reading in the book of Acts. I just feel like I need to keep reading it over and over and over. And time and time and time again, after a miracle happened, after a miracle happened, people turned their hearts to Jesus. Miracle, someone comes to know the Lord. Miracle, someone comes to know the Lord. Miracle, someone comes to know the Lord. And church, I'll tell you what, if you haven't been here recently, or if you haven't heard, God is doing some miraculous works. Miraculous works in the people and in the families of this church. And some of you might say, so I haven't got that miracle yet. I haven't seen that miracle yet. Well, God is working. God is working, and he wants to encourage you today to let you know that God is working. And I want to say this, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this. You know, this church is 30 years old. This church is 30 years old. And it has been built on a foundation of faith. It has been built on a foundation of faith in who God is and his promises in the word and what he's going to go do. And we had seen miracles throughout. We've been here for 20 years. Uh, Obviously, just senior pastors here for a year. And we, we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But I want to tell you something, church. 
God is doing another work through this church. He is doing another work through this church. And there were four words that God gave one of the prophetic voices in our church, which happens to be my wife. Humility, submission, repentance, and obedience. Humility, submission, repentance, and obedience. And what the Lord is beginning to show us and show me, and I'm listening to different preachers all over the globe, they're saying the same things, is that when we take this foundation of faith that we have, and we begin to put on top of it this layer of this repentance and humility and submission and obedience, it is going to absolutely explode explode in miracles, explode in revival, that many, many, many will come to know him, that cities will be changed, that the revival that we've been waiting for and praying for will begin to be manifest. And we get excited about that, but we cannot forget the four words. We cannot forget the foundation of faith, and then we cannot lose sight of the repentance, the humility, the submission, and the obedience. And I'm talking about not just a little bit of obedience. I'm talking about radical obedience. Radical obedience to God's word and radical obedience to what God has told you to go do in your life. This is how he's going to move in this next season. And so as I'm preaching, as I'm teaching on all these different things, I keep coming back to those four words. And there's going to be a new series we start in January called Revival 2020. And we're going to be focused on those four words and what those four words mean for our church and in our lives and how do we operate in those things because I want you to operate in those things. I want myself to operate in those things because I want to see revival come. I want to see the lost saved. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see people move from death to life. This is what I want. This is what our church wants. And so some of the teachings will be a little more difficult. And we're not going to lose sight of our foundation of faith. We never, ever will. Because based on that faith and what we believe in, we then believe that God can actually do the things that he says he's going to go do. And then when we walk in this radical obedience, when we walk in submission to what he has for us, when we walk in this absolute humility to say it's all him, it's not me, it's not this pulpit, it's not, it's not this, it's him. It's him. It's the word of God and it's him. And when we begin to walk as a church this way, we're going to begin to see things explode in this church. And I asked the Lord, why? Okay, Lord, I have not seen the explosion that you promised. You told me my vision's too small. I was thinking for 500. I was thinking 250 this year. And the Lord is just like, because I'm working. (laughs) Because I'm working. I'm bringing things into organization. I'm bringing the people. I'm doing the thing. I'm placing things in place so that when that growth does come, you will be ready. And the church will be able to handle it. And the church will be able to execute on it and be able to pastor and to lead and to grow and to influence this community. And so then I said, I don't want it a second earlier. I do not want that growth then a second earlier than when we are ready. And you know what we'll say? We're never ready. We'll say, I'm never going to be ready for this. But the Lord knows the timing. And the Lord needs to burn some stuff up. I'm sorry, guys. He wants to burn some stuff up in here, in me, in you. He, wants to bur- he needs to purify us. He needs to purify us. And this, this junk about gossiping and this, it has to go, church. I'm sorry, it has to go. 
Radical obedience to God's word. You want revival in your life? You want revival in your family? We came up here and prayed and interceded for our family. You want that in your life? Then radical obedience to God's word. And your life has to begin to change and look differently. And you can't do it on your own. Ah, that's the greatest thing. You can't do it on your own. You need him to be able to go do it. Murmuring and complaining has to go. I'm just telling you guys, the spirit of that has to go. It has to leave now in Jesus' name. It has to go. Because it's only by unity and alignment that these four words, based on this foundation of faith, is going to have this church and this community explode with the love of God. This is what has to happen. You know, Liz and I joke, well, we don't joke, it's actually not very funny, But you read through the book of Acts and you read a story about Ananias and Sapphira. How many ever heard of the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Okay, these are church-going, God-loving people that lied and they fell dead. At church. And you say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Pastor Jason, this is the New Testament. I thought that this, but this was post, this is post, I don't understand this. Well, these are the things we begin to need to understand because God is calling us to a radical obedience. And when you're not walking in the radical obedience, there's actually risk to your life. You have to walk in radical obedience to his word, to what God has called you to go do, what he's asking you to do. If he says stop doing something, then you better stop it. This is New Testament stuff. And the person quizzing Ananias and Sapphira for holding back was one of the biggest liars of all time. Peter. He denied Jesus three times. He denied him three times. He was like the, oh my gosh, well, at least I'm not Peter, right? We walk around like, oh, at least I don't deny Jesus three times. He is the one questioning them, and God struck him down. Oh, boy. This is New Testament. There's a sovereignty of God that we need to understand and we need to begin to get a hold of in our life. And this time of just being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want to go do it, is over. Church, it's over. I'm speaking prophetically. It's not just from this pulpit for this church. It's for the church at large. This is happening. And we got those four words a long time ago. And if you start thinking about those words on that foundation, it's exactly what we need to do. Humility. Repentance, submission, and obedience. Wow. We got to get out of the way. We got to get out of God's way. He wants to do stuff. We have to get out of his way. And so I started asking myself, like, Lord, so these series we've been doing, what was this all about? Provision and harvest and marked by miracles. This is all just laying this foundation. And what he showed me is, like, I'm not coming up with the, the sermon series. God, he says what to go do. Death to life. Provision and harvest. Marked by miracles. Now identity. We're trying to wrap up identity in the next week or so. All of this is laying this foundation so that we can begin to walk as he's called us to walk. Do as he's called us to do. To be the light that he's called us to be the light of. And to be able to walk in this obedience and submission and humility. With radical obedience. That's the word, church. Radical obedience. Not just a little bit. Radically obey what God has for us. I don't have this verse up here, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to move on to my message. (laughs) 
Second <laughs> Chronicles 7, 14 through 20. This will probably be the foundational verse for the next series for the Revival 2020. It says this, 14 through 20. If my people, how many of his people are out there? How many, how many of his people can hear me this morning? If my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Sounds a whole lot like humility, obedience, repentance, and submission to me. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Sounds like revival to me. It sounds like God already has given us the formula on what it is in his word. And what he's just beginning to do is beginning to stir that up in this church. He's beginning to stir it up in this church. And it's excited. I'm excited to be a part to see what God has in store for 2020. And I want you to know as your leaders, Liz and I as your leaders, we are choosing to walk in radical obedience. We're choosing to walk in radical obedience. We, we, we're making decisions that some of you are just like, What? I don't get it. We're walking in radical obedience. And, and this is what God has told us to go do. This is what we're going to go do. And you may hear of something, oh, this or that. And you may think, well, I don't understand and I'm not sure about this. We are walking in radical obedience. You may agree or disagree with our decisions, but we are walking in radical obedience because I will not be the one that holds back revival from Erie, Pennsylvania because I'm not doing what God has told me to go do. So I encourage all of you to do the same. Let's walk in radical. We have influence in community. Ken, you have influence in this community. I drive by your offices almost once a week. You on the 21st? And yeah, I pray for you. Every, every, every Wednesday, I drive, Thursday, I drive past there. And I say, this is a man of God who has influence in this community. Let him be a light to this Erie Public School District. Let him make the changes that need to be made so that God will be glorified in these school districts. We live in the, one of the most impoverished cities in Pennsylvania. Can you believe it? No more. Why? Why? God has blessed us. It is time for us to give, to give, and to give to this community and see changes based on the name of Jesus. Okay, what was I preaching on today? Yikes. Wow. Where did that all come from? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, open your Bibles to Ephesians 6. We're actually in the identity series. All that was just like, that was like a preview to the next series. Ephesians 6, verse 1. And before I get there, I just, you know, last week I was lamenting. I know I shouldn't do that, but I was lamenting that I didn't communicate submission properly. Like I felt like I just didn't do it enough justice. I said all the right things, but I just didn't feel like. I was able to deliver what it meant to be, be, one, be submitted to one another with enough clarity. And I was driving down to Pittsburgh with uh, my daughter Grace, our second daughter, she's 16, and I'm just like, ah, I just don't know, I'm talking out loud, and she's like, Dad, Dad, listen, what you were saying about submission was this. 
is that when you are submitted to those who are in authority over you, it doesn't mean that you lose your power. In fact, it's the absolute opposite. It means that you actually are able to walk in the power and in the calling that God has on your life. And what you were trying to explain, Dad, was the difference between submission and oppression. And oppression is when you are being pressed down and pushed down, and that is not of God, that has nothing to do with God, but submission has everything to do with God. And so that's what you were trying to go say, and that's what I got out of it, Dad. Like, thank you, Jesus, for encouragement from my 16-year-old daughter. Someone was listening. And so I wanted to share that with you because she's absolutely right. And I started looking at this word submission, a submission. Like, I, I think maybe how many of you like watch or have seen on commercial on TV like UFC, MMA, Ultimate Fighting, right? Okay, you don't have to raise, you're like, oh, no, I've seen it, but I don't want to raise my hand because it's like gory, yeah. Okay, you all know what I'm talking about. Cage matches, mano y mano, woman on, well, this ridiculous. Okay, I'm not even going to get into the theology and the backing of all that. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is they use this word called submit, they get him in a submission hold. And they get him in a submission hold until the person, they start tapping out. They can't breathe. Their arm's going to bust. And we think of this word submission in today's society, at least I do, based on UFC MMA fighting. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. That has nothing to do with godly biblical submission. When we submit, we're not in an arm bar or a chokehold from the back trying to tap out to the person that God has placed in authority over us. It has nothing to do with that. It's a submission. It's part of a mission that you have and a calling that you have that you have to walk in and you have to walk through in the covering of God and what he has for your life. It's just like, this is submission. This is not cage fighting. Like, whatever, that stuff is gory, uh, whatever, I'm not going to get into that stuff. So he really, or she really, like, Grace, I was like, thank you, girl. So that's good stuff. And then as, we, as, as I went home and I talked to, talked to Liz, and she, she said something so profound that I had to share it. So profound. It's saying, women deciding to do something without a man is foolish, in the man in their life. And then a man deciding to do something without the woman's understanding and agreement is also foolish. This is the submission one to another, guys. We're talking in a marriage relationship. If you're not in agreement, then go pray and get agreement. If you're still not in agreement, go pray again to get into agreement. If you're still not in agreement, then somebody go fast and pray until you're in agreement. And don't move forward until you're in agreement. This is the submission one to another. And men, if you say, well, I'm going to take authority, I'm going to take charge, and I'm going to go decide because I'm the head of the household because the Bible says that I can go do this, well, you better beware, and you better be careful, and you better make sure, you better make sure that you have heard from God. This is a tag team effort, not like UFC fighting. I think tag team fighting was like WWF, like old school, right? You guys remember that when the guy's going down, he's just like, he runs over, he's like, oh, tag, you know, the next guy comes in. This is tag, we are living, a, we're in a battle, we're in a fight, and we got to do this together. One and another together, not one's more important than the other. God has placed godly order in the home. Submission, a mission that you have in your life. Okay, all that was not totally planned either. Where am I at? Ephesians 
Ephesians 6.1. Children, we've been walking through Ephesians, if you're here for the first time or, or newer, we've been walking through Ephesians and what identity means um, in the light of the, in the book of Ephesians. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. All the kids here are just like, oh. <laughs> Middle schoolers are they're down there. They're like, ah, they're not hearing this. Oh, they're all happy, all the little kids. Guys, we are children too. We are children too. We are the children of the Father in heaven. And so I look at what they said. This is, to, okay, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for he has placed them over you, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Oh, my goodness. So you mean when we honor our mother and our father, there is a promise that's linked with it. Yes, there is. What is are you like, well, what is the promise? Tell me. What is it? Verse 3. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on this earth. Oh, my. Oh, my. Obedience. Obedience. Radical obedience to the Father God and His plans, His purposes. You know, our flesh doesn't always want to. Our flesh doesn't always want to walk in this obedience. It says, honor. What is honor? High respect. Great esteem. We think of the things in a society that we honor. We honor God. We honor our soldiers, our military. We honor certain leaders. But are, tr- are we truly honoring those who God has placed over us? Are we truly honoring our parents? Are we truly honoring those who are in leadership over us in our jobs? In where we work? In our schools? I'll tell you, the Bible says there's a promise that's attached with that. That it'll be well with you. It'll be well with you. How many of you walk around when you don't feel well? We use that term, right? I don't feel well. That means you're not feeling good. That means there's something wrong. That means there's something going on in here that is not right. That is not how God designed it to go be. But when we honor those who God has placed in authority, it will go well with you. It will go well with you. And there's this, this, this sense of the supernatural protection that you may live long on this earth. That there's a sense of protection over you as you honor. That's why I'm saying this radical obedience of dishonoring those who God has placed in authority over us is actually very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And the Word of God makes that very clear. Delayed disobedience is also disobedience. I'll tell you, my Ruby Lou... Oh, God, I love her. She's not here. Ruby Lou is the queen of delayed disobedience. Of delayed obedience, yeah, which is disobedience. Delayed obedience. So it's just like you tell her to go do something, it's just like, hmm. You're like, Ruby, I, I need you to go put that jacket away. Mm-hmm. Oh, then she's dis- then, you, then you forget about it. Then she's distracted doing something else. You understand? Like She's like, Dad, but I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go be obedient. I'm going to get there. But what she's not recognizing yet, what we're training her and teaching her so she understands, is that she is delaying the obedience. And delaying the obedience is the exact same as disobedience. It's the exact same thing. I'll, I'll obey when I get there. I'll obey when it's convenient. I'll obey when it, you know, all the things align perfectly. God doesn't work that way. 
God is looking, do you trust me? Do you trust me to walk in this obedience and do the thing that I've asked you to go do, even if it seems radical, even if it seems out of the norm? You know, we should be not normal, guys. We should be doing things that are not normal everywhere that we go. And I don't mean weird. I don't mean weird turning people off and like, you know, taking the Bible and slamming it around as you're walking through. I'm talking about being not normal, having a presence about you, asking to pray for people, asking to say, you know what, let me help you with this. Let me do something for you, even if it's inconvenient for you. What is he asking us to go do? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. If you look at Deuteronomy 28, in Deuteronomy 28, we, I call it the, uh, the obedience sandwich. I call it the obedience sandwich. And Deuteronomy 28 is talking about all the blessings of the Lord. All the blessings that God has for his people, for the people of Abraham's covenant. All these blessings. But if you read it closely, he opens up with obedience. Halfway through, he reminds us about obedience. And at the very end of the blessings, the list of the blessings, all these great things, there's obedience down here as well. You see, so the blessing is wrapped in and tied with obedience, which is only possible because of him, which we can only do because of him. Call it the obedience sandwich. Verse 4, back in Ephesians 6, verse 4. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. The, another, another translation says, exasperate. Man, I have done this. I have done this as, this is my witness, right? No, as God is my witness, I won't say that. But you know what I mean? As we do this, sometimes fathers, we do this. But the, the Bible is clearly telling us that we cannot do this. It says, well, what should we do? What, are we provoking our children? Are we being just harsh or mean to them or whatever? No, what do we actually, we need to be training them in the Lord. Train them up. In the, this is one of the reasons why we have kids in worship. Because we believe that kids learn from their parents. They learn by seeing. They learn by watching other people do. And we can say all we want. We can speak all we want and say all we want. But until we do, then they do. And so you want your kid to be a worshiper? Be a worshiper. You want your kid to come up here and kneel before the throne in complete submission and humility in front of this entire congregation, no matter what people think? You want your child to do that someday, to walk in that foot? Then you should be doing it too. Single moms, this applies to you too. Single dads applies to you too. God has given a special grace for you as the head of the household, of your current household, to train up your children. And so if you look at the next verse, Paul begins to talk about what he calls bond servants in verse 8. And I'm going to read this. So what I found so interesting is when we were talking about godly order last week. He's talking about the relationship in the home. Then he starts talking about children. And then he basically is talking about employees and employers. He moves down this place of godly order. And so what Paul is trying to show us is that if you are placing your employees above your family's needs, then you are in the wrong. You are not doing what God has called you to go do based on the word of God, based on godly order. 
And it's tough to hear that. We know we go, we have our jobs, we got to be successful, we got to get the bills paid, I have to do this, I have to do that. But what God is saying through Paul here in Ephesians is that there's a godly order. It says, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. Be obedient with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. When we are walking in obedience and submission to our employers, we are walking saying, I am doing it because I am honoring God in this. I am doing this to honor God in the fear of the Lord. This is what I'm called to do. This is where I'm at. And it says, not with eye service as men pleasers. Oh boy. How many of you struggle a little bit with some men and women pleasing? It's okay, I don't have to raise your hands. This is like a personal confession here for me. Morally, I see you, bro. <laughs> this is tough. But what God is saying is here is what we need to do as we walk in the jobs that we have in our family, we need to honor where God has placed us. We need to do that in the fear of the Lord, not because we're trying to please any man or any woman. It says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same for the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Paul's talking about obedience with fear and trembling. That seems like radical obedience to me. You are saying, Lord, I, I, am, I am nervous about this, but I am going to do it because you have told me to go do it. That is a radical obedience. Obedience with sincerity of heart. Paul talks about obedience as to Christ, and not to show off, but to please God. And then he turns to the leaders and says, okay, verse 9, and you... Masters do the same things to them. The same things. As leaders, we need to do the same things. Giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. What are these same things? We are to lead not to please men, but to please God. We are to lead as Jesus led with acts of service, and to help others. We are to lead with sincerity of heart. We are to lead with fear and trembling. We are to lead with our eyes on the Lord. Now, last part of the verse, I want to end. I want to end with this. Justin, I think you're going to come up and play behind me here. It says that the Lord shows no partiality. Wow. Wow. Like I just, I, you know, we talked about that this morning. Okay, that's okay. They're getting ready for this thing this afternoon. That's okay. Thank you, Paul. Um, it says that he shows no partiality at all. And we had this word this morning about those who are hurt, those who are downtrodden, those who are, don't have some of the privileges that we get to walk in. You see, the Lord doesn't love them any less any different that he loves you and I. If you work for somebody, 
He doesn't love the leader more than He loves you. He's called us to be in obedience and to honor that person. But it doesn't mean that anyone is better than anybody else. That verse says, your own master who is also in heaven. You see, we're in Advent season. And Jesus, our Lord, now sits at the right hand of the Father. And He makes, and only He makes this stuff possible. Because He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. To lead us, to guide us, to help us to walk in these things that God has called us to walk in. But you notice he, Paul calls him Master. Master. And I know there's people here this morning that have not met, not made Jesus their master in certain parts of their life. Some of you have been walking not in obedience in certain areas of your life. You've left Jesus out of relationships because they're too hard. You're trying to solve things on your own financially. And I just believe this morning as we close, we just need to invite the Master in. Invite the Master in. Invite Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, into every area of our life. Because the only way we can walk in these things is with His strength. His power. So I just want everybody to bow their heads. And I want you to be bold this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, I have, there is an area of my life, I'm not going to ask you what that area is. There is an area of your life where you have not made Jesus Lord over it. I want you to slip your hand up. Come on, church. Self-reflection time. This is the piercing time. This is the time where the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Hands up all over the place. Keep them up. Keep them high. I want to pray for you. Come on. Heavenly Father, you see these hands. You see these hands that are raised high saying, it's me. It's me. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite you in to my relationships, into my finances. I invite you into the decisions that I need to make. I invite you in. And Lord, as their hand is raised, Father, I'd ask that you begin to minister to them through your Holy Spirit. 
a confirmation of your presence in their life. The bold step to raise their hand. You are beginning to infiltrate, to infuse into their lives. They've taken a step of obedience, of radical obedience to you. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You put your hands down. I wasn't planning to do this. But there's obedience and then there's radical obedience. I'm telling you, church, he wants radical obedience. If you raise your hand, I want you to come up front. Church, it is radical obedience that he's asking for. Do, don't be like, well, you know, everyone had their eyes closed and I can slip my hand up. That's obedience, yes, but it's not radical. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to lift your hands. Begin to worship Him. Begin to thank Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for radical obedience. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing people's lives right now. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we invite you in. We invite you into their lives. Every area of their lives. Begin to radically move in their lives as they stepped out in radical obedience. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. And as you come, as you come, in, the, in Deuteronomy, I think it's in chapter 7, uh, the Israelites are taking the promised land, and the Lord says, you will drive out your enemies little by little, lest the wild animals multiply around you. And oh, how that spoke to me. Because how many of us grow weary and tired of our weakness. How many of us come to the end of the, of grace? We receive just a little bit and then no more. Enough is enough, Liz. Get your act together. Come on now. How many times do you have to ask the Lord for strength? And I say, you must come over and over and over again. You do not despise yourself for needing food three times a day. The work that is being done in us is little by little. It is grace to grace and glory to glory for his plans and purposes. This is not a race. It is not a short race. It is little by little that we surrender. And he takes the ground of our hearts and he grows us. I've said this before. Show me the bodybuilder who begins his workout on Sunday and is ready to compete on Monday. The muscle grows little by little. God is faithful. And his grace has no end. 
It has no end. And his grace is sufficient for your journey, for the growth, for the plans and purposes. we started the service, it was just soaking in His presence. <laughs> let's just take one more minute. Let's just soak in His presence. Those who are sitting, those who are standing, let's just soak in His presence as He transforms our life. As He invades every space that we've kept Him out of. As He breaks chains that need to be broken as He breaks addictions that need to be broken. Jesus, have Your way. We're at Your feet this morning, resting and soaking in Your presence. The Bible talks about God's presence and God's glory. God's presence is that tangible feeling we have when we know we're in His midst. We've had that almost the entire service. And then there's God's glory, which is transforming power that is invading lives and hearts right now. Right now. Father, we thank You for Your transforming glory. That we can be in Your presence and be changed forever. Just wait on the Lord one more minute here. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Keep wanting to shut this thing down, but God just says, hold on a second. I'm holding on for another minute or two. Lord, have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. I'm going to say this, that we're going to try to keep this atmosphere for those who, they, you guys might want to stay up here for a few more minutes. I just encourage the rest of us as we dismiss, just to be respectful of that. Paul, if you could just keep playing for a little bit longer for me. Just be respectful for that. I'm going to read a benediction, a scripture as we close. Some people aren't quite done doing business with God. And maybe you're sitting in your seat still and you haven't done that business with God. It's not too late. You guys want to hang out and talk and socialize? If you could just do that in the lobby today. Normally I don't mind we do it in here, but today I just feel this sense that we just need to wait a little bit longer in His presence. Soak a little bit longer in His presence. Romans 15, 13 in the Amplified says, May... The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
through the experience of your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. So Father, as we dismiss, we've invited You into our lives. Have Your way. Have Your way in our lives. Father, thank You for being with us. Thank You that You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never abandon us. You're always right there. And Father, I pray that we will abound in hope and that our confidence will rise, will overflow with Your promises in our lives. We thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So you guys are dismissed, but if you want to hang out here for a little bit longer, you certainly can. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.